Yes, 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 people. It's episode 159 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? I am in the living room. It's Monday. I know, it's late. The podcast is late. I'm still going to post it with a Sunday date. So get off my back, mate. Don't be irate. It's not a date. I have got any other words. I've got a toothache, and that doesn't rhyme with that, but whew, I know I've got an abscess. But I am so tight <laughs> that I'm going to firm it out and I'm going to wait till my NHS appointment next week. This is nuts. I call my dentist, my NHS dentist, and say, yeah, I need an appointment, but it's an emergency pain appointment. Oh, yeah, sure, emergency pain one. It's just Tuesdays and, and Thursdays if it's an emergency pain. Get you in soon. Um, let's see. Uh, two weeks' time? Bam. Two weeks, emergency and pain. What word there, emergency or pain, makes you think I can wait for two weeks? Will I wait for two weeks? Yeah, you're damn right I will. Because I looked at private emergency costs. Jesus. Emergency appointment at a private dentist. It's not the one. It's not the one. Oh my God, it's really not the one. So, um... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I might have to shop around and try to go somewhere else. But I doubt I'm going to be able to get anywhere sooner than next Tuesday. But, um, oh, I've had an abscess before. I know it's the same pain. If you've never had an abscess before, the way I can describe it is the pain is bigger than the area that's that's causing the pain. So when I had an abscess years ago, five, six years ago, the pain felt bigger than my actual head. This is kind of similar, but not as big as my head. It's kind of just a quarter of my head. It just emanates from the jaw into my ear. It's it's horrible. But not horrible enough to make me pay thousands. Because <laughs> once you're in their care, what they do, right? You go to a private dentist. Is you go in, um, everything's broken down. So you walking in is a cost. Then them doing the x-ray is a separate cost. Then, from the x-ray, they look at it and go, oh, geez, do you know what? Here's what you could do. Because they, they, they'll tell you the truth, but they tell you in such a way that you're an idiot if you don't go one way. They'll say, hey, um, so here's the thing. What you've got there is a nasty infection that, hmm, if left any longer, you could end up damaging your whole jawline and losing your jaw. Okay? But you don't have to operate now, and you can take the risk of losing half of your face and going somewhere else however i can sort that today so i can sort it today um that's gonna cost you about 700 pounds and in your heart you're like i know it costs no more than 150 if i go nhs or it's about 200 pounds ah but i'm gonna lose half my face uh I know I'm not actually going to lose half my face. I've been in pain for weeks. Surely I can't. Oh, but what if it's the day I lose my face? Ah, shit. All right, yeah, I'll pay it. And they go, all right, great. And they just grin at you. He's like, shit, now the drill's in your mouth. So once it's in your mouth, so I'm going to have to pay for this, aren't I? I mean, I guess I could run out. Ah, shit, they took a deposit on my card. They've got my card details already. I can't run. If I run, I'll be banned from coming back here. Ah, shit, I'm going to have to pay. And you're doing this with your mouth open, a dude's in your mouth with a drill. It's just, you know, that's my that's my 
dental dramas that I've been going through. But other than that, what's been going on? What's, how's my week been? It's been good, thanks. Thanks for asking. Gig twice at the weekend um, at the uh, Catford Broadway Theatre. I love gigging there. It's like, um, it's not a homecoming, so I'm not from Catford, but I've got like this connection to Catford Broadway Theatre. It's, it's, like, it's where I feel like I've seen the most comedy before I was a comedian. So I've always looked at that stage like, yeah, that's, if I did comedy, that's, that's the stage I watched people and I sat there resentfully going, I could do that while making zero steps towards doing it. And yesterday and Saturday's lineup was, it's just one of those moments where I thought, you know what, I'm doing all right. You know, if it goes from the likes of Kevin Jay, who I saw when I was at uni, you know, that's how long he's been in, in comedy for. I saw the guy when, while I was at uni. Um, well, at, just after uni, sorry, just after uni. You know, that's when I saw him. And then you've got the likes of... Actually, no, I thought you were still at uni. When, when did I finish uni? Because he started when he was like 19 or something. So, yeah. Anyway, I've seen lots of him. And then seeing people, then gigging like Curtis Walker. Curtis Walker, big Curtis Walker from the Royal McCoy. The Royal McCoy, sorry. I grew up watching that as a kid. I mean, I didn't even, I was too young to understand the, the context of, you know, how big of a show it is that it's, you know, it's a black comedy show on primetime TV. Uh, but it was there. I grew up watching these guys on TV, just like, oh my God. And now I'm there walking onto stage. He's introduced me, he's saying my name. And he's saying hello to me backstage. He's like, oh, good to see you. I'm just like, wow. And giving me advice and praise. Cat B, who used to watch on MTV and stuff. And I'm on stage with this guy. I mean, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's, it's nuts. Even the likes of Todd, who used to watch Balls of Steel. Is this before YouTube? If this was in the time of YouTube, I'd be sharing the guy's videos all the time. Guy's fucking hilarious. Like, and then guys like Slim, Kane Brown, guys that I watched on TV, man. Kane Brown wasn't there on any of the gigs I did, but I mean, I've gigs with him. But Slim, he was at both gigs. So it's nuts. It's nuts. It's just one of those moments. It's like, yeah, do you know what? Life's going all right. Can't mind. You might have a two fake, mate, but you'll be all right. But um, what else have I done this week after those gigs? Um, oh, it's a... Jeez, I almost forgot about this. So Wednesday, Cousin's birthday. I'm from Essex, everyone knows, but you're not really from Essex unless you've been to the cultural hub, which is Sheesh. Sheesh. What is Sheesh, Darren? Sheesh is a... What can I only describe as a... A meat market for celebrity wannabes. It's, it's, do you know what? I've heard so much about the place. Very pretentious, very posy. This is what I've been thinking before I got there. Um, just like every time I heard someone mention sheesh, it's like, I'll just shove it up your ass, mate. I don't want to hear it. That's all I used to think when I heard the word sheesh. Then my cousin decided that's where he wanted to have dinner for his birthday. And I was like, fuck's sake. I was like, all right, fine. It's your birthday. I'll go. I'll come along. I'm a good family member. And I get there, and to my surprise, 
it was all those things I just mentioned. <laughs> but it was actually quite, it was, it was nice, enjoyable. The food was decent. It probably would have tasted nicer if I didn't have to pay so much for it. It's because it's, it's resent, I, I do find it resentful. You know, the dress code, right, is a Valentine's special that day. So the men had to wear shoes and trousers. Not yeah. See, most places I've been to say no trainers. Yeah, no trainers, no ripped jeans. You might say something like that, but it doesn't tell you what you actually have to wear. It's like shoes, trousers, shirt. And I was like, oh fuck's sake! I want to dress up to eat a fucking kebab. Cause that's what it was. It's, it's Turkish sheesh, sheesh kebabs. That's what it is. You're eating kebabs. You got me all dressed up. And then um, and the prices were wild, man. They were wild for what it was. There was like macaroni cheese, truffle macaroni cheese. Great, thirty quid. Like, what you play that? My mixed grill, lamb and chicken. Just a little bit of salad and that. Just a little bit of fucking salad. It's all right, a little bit of fucking salad. A little bit of salad. A little bit of cabbage. A little bit of onion. A little bit of carrot. Yep. A little bit of cucumber. A little bit of tomato. Tomato. A little flatbread. Lamb, chicken. Bish, bash, bosh. Some roasted veg. Bish, bash, bosh. There's your meal. 30 odd quid. What are you playing at? What are you playing at? I can stumble into any boss man's kebab shop. Six quid I'm getting at. Mixed sheesh. Burger sauce, chili sauce. Lamb donut, burger sauce, chili sauce. Garlic sauce. Everything. Or salad. Salad. Could go anywhere for that. But, hey, what? It's a birthday. But, dress code for the ladies, because it's Valentine's Day, right? What they had to wear was red if you're single and ready to mingle. Black if you're off the market. And then white and gold if it's complicated. Now, what does complicated mean? Complicated might mean, all right, I'm actually, you know, I've just recently broke up, so I'm technically single, but I don't even want to be out. But it's fucking, it's Megan's birthday and she said I have to come out. She gets really arsy about her birthday. Now, I know you broke up with James, right? I know you've with him for like 10 years. But come on, it's my birthday. It's it's my 28th birthday. you got to come out. you got to come out. You only celebrate your 28th birthday once. Granted, I'm celebrating it all month. But, you know, only celebrate it once. I know you went to my bar for my birthday last year. Don't say about it once. Come on, why are you being so selfish? No, you're heartbroken. Yeah, what? So what? It's my birthday. You're being so selfish. You're so self-centred. So I think that's the type of person I might wear, you know, a white and gold. Um, the one who's, you know, dating, dating the waste man with the nice car. She knows he's no good for her. She knows he don't love her. She knows he's not going anywhere, but... He's got a nice haircut and a decent body. Selfish lover, but he looks good. And he does buy you some things. It's that girl there. She might wear that as well. 
Um, the girl doesn't want to look too desperate, but is definitely single. But yeah. The guys didn't have that colour-coded dress code. It's just like, do what you want, lads. <laughs> well, I, I wore black with, with my wedding ring on. So, um, but that still didn't deter some ladies from, um, let's say some ladies, not one particular lady, not to me directly. It was just really sad. It was really sad to see. There's one girl in red. That's one thing. Now you know what their relationship status is. Their dance moves look different. Like a girl just dancing on her own. I don't have any kind of judgments of what she, why she's dancing. But now if she's dressed in black. She's having a good time. She's having a dance. That's all she's doing. Yeah, she's done a little slut drop and slapped her ass, but that's how she dances. But then when the girl's in red, now she's dancing like that. And she's eyeballing you while you're dancing and you're looking away. And then she's kind of trying to move back into your gaze. It's just like, ah, uh, you're making eye contact with your cousin. Like, you're looking at this and he's like, she wants you. And you're like, nah, she wants you, mate. And you both agree and go, neither of us want her. <laughs> oh, I've never seen it. There's one point where she was dancing. And my cousin was just looking at me. And then her friend in white and gold taps my cousin and goes, look, look at her. And then she's trying to force him to look. Like, Do something. He just kind of nodded his head like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, No. Tell you what, I've never seen such terrible dance moves. And one sad thing, real sad thing I saw in there was um, the amount of girls who fucking work on their face. They can't be older than 23, 24. And their face is shining. Stretched out, shining, lips pouted, eyebrows super arched, forehead shiny, just no movement, cheeks all puffy. And he's just like, I guess you're kind of pretty, but your face doesn't move. Like your face don't move. How's that sexy? I remember I went on a date with a girl who clearly had work done. I didn't ask her. And um, it reminded me, you know, it's old Scooby-Doo cartoons where the bad guys would poke his eyes through the picture. So the picture's dead still, but only the eyes would move. Yeah, that that's, that's what she looked like. I was just like, ah. Oh. That's when I knew I was like, I'm I, I'm I'm done with just dated girls that I thought would just be attractive. I I I'm looking for some substance now, because I sat across this girl, across the table from this girl, and her body was phenomenal, but because her face didn't move, and I was like, I, I mean, where in my head, like, where is this gonna go? Where where is this gonna go? You you sat across the table with a girl, her face doesn't move. Ah, just it just end this date. It's funny. I always reminisce about this story. Actually, so we ended the date, and um, <laughs> and it was getting cabs home, and I I didn't even try to manufacture a situation. I was like, "You got Uber? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'll be a gentleman and wait for your cab to come before I order mine." And I think she thought that. I was trying to angle my way into her cab. No, I really wasn't. And then her cab came, gave her a hug, a peck on the cheek, and said, yeah, 
lovely, lovely meeting you. Let me know when you get in. And then I called my cab, went home. I just don't think I even called the cab, I just got on, got on the train. Anyway, besides the point, here's the point I'm making. Next day, I messaged her because I thought she must have felt there was no real spark there. There's nothing there. Um, I guess that's technically ghosting. She's like, oh, so guess you're not interested then. And I was like, oh, okay, to be honest, I, go, well, I just didn't think there was much of a spark there. Um, but, you know, I think you're a cool girl and that, but I don't want to waste your time. And then her response was more like, you didn't get to have sex with me on the first night. And I was like, what? At what point in that date did they sound like I was hinting to, uh, to get with you? And I'll tell this story to say this, that I was in a club for the women that looked like that. So it's just like, I get it that you probably are attractive to some people, especially to a lot of the guys who are in here. But to me, I'm just kind of looking at you just like, why doesn't your face move? And I imagine these are the girls who probably do look banging on Instagram, to be fair. Because their face is just, you know, face is perfect to put makeup on because it's like fucking a wooden head. Solid head that doesn't move. So they probably look amazing in the pictures. But just in person, they all just look so weird and shiny. Until the diet found strange. Your face has got to move. <laughs> it's just got, it's just, that's one of my requirements. I mean, that's what it was. And I was single, just like, I, what do you like in a girl, Darren? A moving face. Yeah. Gets me going, that. <laughs> That's why I married a face mover. That's what you got to do, man. But, how can I miss out the biggest thing that was there? Oh, so, uh, sat down eating my expensive meal. And I look to call my eye and I see someone walking in in a way that I can only describe as, you know when a six-year-old walks in front of a TV on purpose to get your attention? They're kind of on their toes, waving their hands above their head and kind of just singing and making noise. That's how this person walked into the restaurant. I look up and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Casey Price. And everyone's looking and it was literally a coin toss of, some people looked up, oh my God, it's Katie Price. Some people looked up, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> now I've never met her and I don't know her. So I don't cast judgments on her as a person. But from what I could witness that night, it just seemed a bit tragic. I'm not sure she was going through shit. I later found out that a dog died. She got a house back that day or something. But I don't know, she just behaved like someone who just had like, learning difficulties so I just, I just couldn't understand what's going on but people were like proper gas to see her i even overheard someone walk up to her and go oh my god you're my idol i was like you're, you're about 19 love how is she your idol but what has she done in your lifetime that makes her your idol like i can get it when these girls follow like the kardashians and stuff because that's your era but it's not even girls my age, who were 19 at the time, who look at Katie Price, you're my idol. My idol. Idol, you know. I don't, she's just forcing herself into pictures. And like everywhere I went, I felt like she was just there next to me. Just talking loud, I was like, 
she, I know she's not following me, but it just feels like this weird curse of the universe that I'm one well, of the few people in this room that's really not interested in her being here. But she managed to find herself near me. I could hear some shit. But one thing that was funny, though, was seeing some girl's heart get broken when Katie Price has ignored her. Because <laughs> from the look of this girl, my, this is my raging assumption, was that this girl was probably has a decent job in the city somewhere and knows better, knows she should know better, but she couldn't help but be gassed that Katie Price was there. And she ran up to Katie Price to say, oh, Katie, Katie, and Katie Price had kind of just swerved her and walked off. And this girl literally burst into tears and ran to the toilet. <laughs> It was nuts, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. But, um, but yeah, and then this was a crazy bit. But I understand why Katie's like that, though. I do understand why she's like that. Uh, why she is, she acts in such an attention-seeking way is because it works and she bloody gets it. She's got so much attention to the fact that she was on stage singing. It was essentially watching Katie Price do karaoke. Now, I wasn't watching out of principle, as were my cousins. They weren't watching. It was like, Jesus Christ, she's butchering socks. But 90% of the room, phones out, all staring, cheering her on. I was like, guys, this, this is not entertaining. Do not encourage this. Then guess who else was there? Kelly LaRock. You know, the actual singer. Double MOBO Award winner. Guess what she was doing? Just sitting there quietly. <laughs> she did sing her own song though, to be fair. She sang with my love. Love you. My love. you. She, she did sing that. Um, but I don't think I got... I don't think I noticed. I only know that in hindsight. I only know from seeing on Instagram after that she was singing. But I think because I was just sat down, I was like, I don't want to see Katie Price see. I just don't. But yeah, no, Kelly Rock was there and you just didn't know she was there. I, I, I know, I know for a fact that half the people in there, if not more, didn't know that that black woman on stage singing, her, her voice is all right, was actually the singer of that song they were hearing. <laughs> they were like, I love this tune. Not realising that the actual original singer is there singing it live for you. But yeah. Yeah, man. But wow. Jeez, how can I always forget? Always forgot this. Oh. So. I've got a joke um, in my in my, uh, in my my hour show, Essex Boy, which is on YouTube, as you all know. Um, about tricking white people into saying the N-word. Right? Now, here's my thing. I don't think anyone should say it. Uh, I admittedly say it when I'm singing a song and I'm rapping a song, but I, but out of principle, I don't like I don't like it in principle. The word now, white people rapping, singing a song, it is just a lyric in the song. So I get it. If you're just in the vibe of the song, you it might just roll out of your mouth because this is a part of the song. And I've got a thing of I, you know. When there's songs that have the Edward as, you know, the actual punchline of the 
What's the lyric? And Biggie Smalls. And if you don't know, now you know. Yep. That bit. It's iconic. It, it, it makes you... Even if you don't know the other words to the song, you know that line. And so it makes you... It makes you, it makes people really want to say the words. Kanye West, gold digger. He's like, uh, uh. The rhythm of the song just draws you towards the words. It's like if you're trying to say you're not a sexist, but then Chris Brown, loyal, comes on. Now you try and fight sexism. I'm not sexist. I'm not a misogynist. And he just do 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 do. He's like, I'm, I'm going to say ho a lot right now. I'm going to say bitch and ho a lot in these next three minutes. <laughs> but I don't mean it. Right, but I say it, say this. So we're in the club. And Biggie Smalls comes on. And I'm going to say the word. I'm going to say the word, people. Biggie Smalls comes on. Now, if you, if you know this song... It's smooth and it's relaxed. It's just chill. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga. It's just calm. Yeah? Mm-mm-mm. That's not how it was sang when we was in Sheesh. <laughs> it was that. The energy that came. It was like this. And if you don't know, now you know. <gasps> Niggas! <laughs> I was like, wow. Literally every black person in that room just clocked Eyes at each other, it's like, vroom, 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 vroom. It's like, whoa. Like, that, that's not how it sang. It, it was like, as soon as that song started, the people really want to say the N-word. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to get to say it. No one can tell me. No one can tell me I can't say it because it's the words in the song. I've just seen the words to the song. Oh my God, here it comes, here it comes. Ah! <laughs> it's just screamed it. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. But, you know. Like all those kind of awkward situations, you just stare and go, oh, I've brought this on myself by being here. <laughs> it's no one else's fault, just mine. Oh dear. But, I know. But can you rip into celebrities too much? I guess, let's talk about it. This week, Caroline Flack um, committed suicide. Now, just spoke to Naomi before she left. Had some added detail put into it. Because here, here was my initial view. Here's my initial view of this. Right. Is that depression and a lot of mental health problems are invisible. And I'm not any kind of clinician. So I can't diagnose and I can't say the severity of someone's mental health or not. So that's first and foremost. I can't say that. Um, a lot of people do suffer in silence with these things. So I don't, I don't know about that. Right. But however, I'd never heard any mention about a mental well-being before her smashing a lamp over her boyfriend's head. Okay. And my and what it felt like to me was you've you've done a crime and now you're about to face the consequences of your actions and you can't cope with that. Cause it, again it, it was it, no one's talking about her mental health um until the court case, court date was decided, then you're going to we're bringing you into court. And then it's on, oh, her mental health. Now, I think sometimes, with all health things, you've got to take health seriously. I view mental health the same as physical health. If someone's got a broken leg, you don't tell them, just walk it off. You know, it's, they've got something going on, right? 
But also, sometimes you may just have a sprained ankle. It, it, it doesn't mean you can't, you know, type on a keyboard. See what I mean? Like, because you've got one ailment doesn't mean it affects your behaviour in other places. I think sometimes people can you know, over-lean on their mental health, you know? They punch you in the face. It's like, oh, what the fuck are you doing, mate? It's like, oh, I'm sorry, my dad died. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going for a hard time. Oh, shit, when did it happen, mate? Like, seven years ago, but he died. It's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that kind of shit. Um, so for me, I just kind of felt like, uh, is this kind of like the case of, you know, is it just privileged white, you know, female kind of fragility that you, you actually have to face the consequence of your actions? You know, you've been in a nightclub. Girl throws a drink in the guy's face, bouncer kicks her out, and she's distraught. Like, I can't, what? What are you keeping out for? It's like, because you actually assaulted someone. And I thought it was that. And then, Naomi tells me that apparently what happened on the night of the incident was, yes, yeah, she did smash a lamp over my man's head. Uh, but she also had cut her own wrists, apparently. And... Um, and the boyfriend is meant. There's meant to be recording of the boyfriend saying, "Nah, nah, the blood's not mine. It's not mine." And apparently she's in some frenzied state. Apparently she's she's been going through shit since like two thousand and four or something, or two thousand fourteen when she's on Dancing on Ice or something like that. Um. So these stories are all coming out now that she's been struggling with mental health issues and stuff. Which then makes you think, all right, cool. That that justifies the the suicidal behaviour and stuff. But it's just I can't still can't help but think if it was the shoe on the other foot, and if it's a guy who's assaulted his girlfriend that severely, also has an ex girlfriend who left the country because her ex boyfriend left and moved to Australia because he said. She's a violent person. Um, and you're not given... A, I don't know, just like... If you do know that person and you're not help, forcing them to get help... Then, I don't know, it's just like... How, how bad was their mental health then? If you're not actually trying to help them get help. And now we've got this thing with this point, this, you know... Competition of whose point, whose fault was it? Your fault, your fault. Everyone's pointing fingers. Everyone who loves Love Island is blaming the press and the media. You hounded her. You hounded her. I didn't see anything, but I think that's because I didn't click on any links when it was happening. So the algorithms didn't show me stuff to do with Caroline Flack. So there's people who love Love Island. It's like it's the media. It's the media. It's the CPS. They shouldn't have taken her to trial. They should. Because she smashed a lamp over someone's head. Because here's another thing. Now you're crossing over domestic violence. Pardon. Um, domestic, let's, let's be honest. Yes, men are victims of domestic violence. But stereotypically, it's it's a man as a perpetrator. The woman as the victim. And people going, oh, the boyfriend withdrew charges. So why are the CPS still pursuing it? Because how many women out there have been battered by the, the guy in their life? And then want to drop charges. Because why? Because the police can't be there all the time. And when he's got her alone, he's telling her, you better drop these charges. Otherwise, you know what I mean? A madness is going to happen. It can happen both ways. 
So you've got to write in the law to say, do you know what, even if we don't actually need the victim's consent to press charges, we'll just do it because we've got to protect them from, from this person. So that's why they pursued it. And, and rightfully so, do you know what, and then I've gone to court and the evidence has proven, actually, do you know what, there's nothing here. But that he didn't get to that stage. But yeah, so people blame, so they're blaming Stevie. People hate Love Island. Go, it's Love Island. It's Love Island. They've had three suicides off the back of Love Island. So like, she wasn't even working on Love Island when it happened. So you can't blame Love Island for it. And then from these other stories, she was going through stuff before and outside of Love Island. It's like it's nothing to do with Love Island. Um. Blame the media. All right, cool. Blame the media now. But where was that blame in the media when it was Megan? Where where was that energy from the media then? Megan had to leave the country. There was like, ah, what's she depressed about? She's rich. Eh, bloody American. Eh, bloody black. Eh, I'm the guy with Harry. Eh, he's destroying Harry's life. She is. Media's reporting, just digging, digging, digging. She just leaves. Like, you have to, like, wait till someone's dead and then we go, oh, I feel so bad to that person. It's like, fucking hell. Like, if you're suicidal, you're self-pitying. But if you commit suicide, it's, it's a tragedy. It's like, fuck off. Like I said, if, if she was going through all that stuff, then do you know who people need to look at? They need to look at themselves if she was going through that stuff. And if people didn't notice, didn't take any action, didn't look to get her help, then you can blame the media and the CPS or Love Island all you want, but you know deep down you probably didn't do enough. So I think in life what we need to do is, you know, when people are, when people are bothering you, you know, they're bugging you, they feel a bit draining, it's your mate that's draining. If you haven't got the energy to deal with your mate who's draining, that doesn't mean you're a shit friend. You've got your own shit going on in your life. But maybe just try to muster up a bit of energy, even if it is just to redirect them to someone who could help. Uh, I guess that's it, really. I don't think, I don't look at this Caroline Flack thing as well and think, ah, she shouldn't be getting all this sympathy and stuff if she's going through mental health stuff. If she was black, she wouldn't be getting it. That's not my view. My view is always the other way with these things. She should be getting this, and so should other people. And that's that's how it is. It's just sad that she's only getting it because she's kind of famous and I guess she's attractive. So, ah, well, there's me putting the world to rights. Let's talk about something less serious, like some deportation of Jamaicans. Eh? Let's talk about that. Bloody deporting Jamaicans. Um, can't bloody do that. Some of them are bloody born here. You try and deport Jamaicans. Um. No, and, uh, it's messed up. Again, it's uh, it's one of those ones that again probably has more nuance to it, but. Right, sorry, I had to just play that song. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's serious. No, let's get back to being serious about this. Um, yeah. 
I, I was conflicted again with this deported thing. Same thing with that. I liked, I try not to dive straight in now. Because also I like to write jokes about everything. And for me, I feel like I've got a responsibility that if I am going to write a joke, if it is flagrant, my joke, that's cool. But it's got to be based in facts that, that even if you disagree with what I've said, or you don't find it funny, you can't go, you've made that up. You know what I mean? If you're going to make a joke about like a war in the Middle East and I'll start ripping into like Saudis and then someone goes, you know, Saudis aren't involved in that war. It's like, huh, what? Now the joke just sounds dumb. And only people laughing, dumb people. Right? So I don't, I don't want that. Um, so with the deportation thing, I thought, right, let me check. Like initially it just felt racist. You know, it's in the, it's in the shadow of the wind rush thing. I thought, this, this is messed up. They're deporting Jamaicans and that's not right. It's racist. Now I looked into it and said, okay, so the Jamaicans they're deporting don't hold British passports. That was one fact. And I was like, mm, yeah, I guess by law you're not. But then do they hold Jamaican passports either? Like, I guess they did when they came over. Some kids were just born here, but haven't got a passport to, like, Jamaican parents. So they didn't have a Jamaican passport either. And it's just like, oh, well, that's messed up then. Um, then I thought, let me just check the stats. Let me, I'm a numbers guy. Let me check the stats. And I looked at how many... And you've got all the, all the stats available on the government website uh, about detainees and how many are deported. And I thought, right, so the numbers I need to look at is what percentage of detainees are deported back to their country, right? And I looked and Jamaica was in like the bottom of percentage of deportees people actually being deported they were like one of the lowest numbers and as a percentage now I think the reason why as a percentage their numbers so low is because their numbers <laughs> as offenders is so flipping high <laughs> oh dear the gold medalist is sprinting and criminality no look so when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, so statistically in the deportation thing, it's not, that's not racist in itself. But something about like the public element of it and how we knew so much about it and just some of the crimes, because they're going, it's murderers and rapists, murderers and rapists. You know, those are your two big crimes. Murder and rape, murder and rape. Uh, and those are the big crimes that they, that, you know, the government said that's what they've committed. But then when you're reading the stories, there's one guy who got done for dangerous driving, right? He, he was speeding way past the speed limit on the motorway. No cars were involved, just clocked on the speed camera. Uh, got sent to prison, 18 months. Served his time and been living in the country for 10 years. And then bam, arrested, de detained, deported. The guy, the guy went to school in, in England, university in England, life England, and bang, deported to Jamaica. Now, to me, any rational person will say that is a bit disproportionate. It's just disproportionate. Like, I, that, that makes no sense. He's not a violent criminal. He hasn't done anything since. There's one guy who was accused of a crime, served his time, and was later acquitted. Guess what? Yep, deported. 
So you see all that shit, it's just like, that ain't right. I get it, like, the big crimes, they should be deported. And then when you look at someone like Rolf Harris now, who not only committed the crime, not only was actually charged for four counts of, uh, I think it's sexual abuse of underage girls, the guy a few months ago was found on the premises of a school. I'm not saying he was doing anything nefarious on the school grounds, but when you're a convicted sex offender, you shouldn't be anywhere near a school. And my man's on the school, and he ain't from here. He ain't bleeding from here. Get him out. Come over here. Tell him, guess what it is, yeah? And make his silly noises. Guess what it is, it? Fuck off, you pedo. Get out. That's what, I know. And it's just this kind of, I think that's why this country's always at this flipping, like, clashing heads, different camps of people, because it's always a double standard. If it was just across the line, Bam! This is how we treat people. People are like, do you know what? It's harsh. I don't like it. But at least I know where I stand. But when it's just like, actually, I don't know if this is going to happen to that person, but it might happen to that person. People have to start making their reasons and trying to reconcile why the world's working like it is. And it's just, I don't know. It's a fucking state. It's an absolute state. But anyway, let's get into some Dear Deirdre because... Uh, how long have been talking for? 41 minutes. I didn't expect to do an hour. Because I wanted to watch Love Island. Well, I said I want to watch it. If it's just a tribute, then... I actually don't want to watch that. <laughs> I know, it sounds harsh, but... I, I don't. Um, right, let's see. Right. We're going to do um, three. Okay, here it goes. Dear Deirdre, I've been cheating on my wife with strangers, but now I've slept with our neighbour. Jesus. Last night I had sex with our next door neighbour. I love my wife and the kids, but I can't stop being unfaithful. I've been married for 13 years. My wife is lovely, but our sex life has always been dull because she's so shy. Is she? Bet she's not. Bet if you look to her browser history, there'll be absolute wildness on there. When we do it, it's always in the missionary position, always under the duvet. Maybe it's cold. Turn the heat up in the room. Uh, the most I've seen of her body was when our children were born. Jesus. I'm 38 and a plumber. My wife is 36 and a full-time mum. Um, my cheating started a couple of years ago when I was when I was out with a mate one night in a nightclub and I was well on my way to being drunk when a girl started coming on to me. She started gyrating against me and after the dance we went outside and had sex. I got away with it and that was the start of me having risky sex with strangers. I've cheated more than 20 times now, always on nights out. I took things to another level yesterday when our neighbour knocked on the door to see if I was free to help her with a burst pipe. I guess you are actually a plumber, but it does sound like a start of a carry-on film. Got a leak there, love. Yeah. And you've gave it me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, right, so where's the wet patch? Where do you think? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, once you've checked my pipes, maybe I can check yours. Uh. <laughs> uh. 
She's 29 and single. And she and my wife are friendly. I went round and fixed the problem and she offered me a large whiskey to say thank you. One drink led to two and then to three and four. Suddenly we were both flirting. And then we had wild sex in our bedroom. This one was a bit too close to home. Yeah, it's your bloody next door neighbour. What if she tells my wife? I'm now thinking about confessing everything to my wife before she finds out. I'm disgusted with the way I've behaved. I think I'm worse when I've been drinking. Should I tell her what I've done or just cut down on drinking? Keep quiet and become the husband that she deserves. The latter. And just wait for it to blow up in your face. <laughs> that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do, my friends. That's it. If you, if you present her the information, she won't thank you for your honesty. You're just a bastard who's destroyed her, just collapsed her world. But if she finds out, she'll feel a sense of, oh, got him, bastard. Porn problem. I'm worried that my boyfriend prefers watching porn to having sex with me. This could happen. Dear Deirdre, even though he is a dream in every way, my boyfriend prefers online pornography to having sex with me. We work different shifts, so I don't mind him looking at porn, but we only ever have sex when I initiate it. I have a much higher sex drive than him. Sometimes he makes excuses, and my worry is he's choosing porn over me. I'm 33, he's 32, we've been together for three years, and it's got worse. What will he be like in five years' time? Here's what you do. You go through his history. You watch the last three things he watched, and then you just try to emulate that shit. That's what it is. He's watching. What it is with people who watch porn instead of having sex with their, with their partners is they're not open with their sexuality. So they're not open to tell them the things that they like. Or they think it's weird. Or vice versa. The person has stated that one of the things that you like watching, they find weird and disgusting. Maybe something as mundane as talking dirty. Talking dirty can be so awkward if, you don't, if you're not that type of person. You know what I mean? Some people, yeah. Some people, people feel more comfortable talking sensually. Touch me. Touch me. But, you know, you got to have a certain level of confidence. But get your cock out. <laughs> Bend over. Want, want sex with you? Don't always go northern for that. <laughs> but, um... So that's what I think's happened there. Is he's you're gonna watch something, so you can watch his porn, don't judge him, and be like, all right, I could do that. I, I could do that. If if he wants me to pretend to be an estate agent who really needs that deal done to make bonus this year, and I have to persuade him to to buy this house. Then I'll, I'll get into character. That's, that's what you got to do. Um, right. What's the next one? Right. Backtracking. Let's see. My ex is still in love with me. How can I convince him I feel the same? Wait. Do you feel the same? Like, that sounds like you're... I don't know what this is. Anyway. Dear, dear. My ex wants me back. But says he just feels like my taxi driver when we're together, not my loved partner. Oh, we were together for seven years, but we split up last year as we were always arguing. We are both 45. My mum passed away recently and my ex came to the funeral. He wanted to sit next to me, but my daughter wouldn't allow it because of our history. 
Pahalti Dora. Um, he caught up with me at the wake and arranged to see me yesterday. Uh, we talked for hours and he said that I that I am the love of his life, but I never take his feelings on board. He said I didn't listen to him and he felt uncared for. It was clear to everyone at Mum's funeral that he still loves me. I told him I love him and thought loving him was enough. Now I see it isn't. How can I learn to know more about the man I love if I can't listen? Not many people acknowledge that they can't listen. So you're some step of the way. But have, have you tried listening? <laughs> I don't know. Like, how can you acknowledge that you don't listen? And then go, yeah, what, what, what can I do? I mean, I don't listen to him. What, 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 what do I do? So just start listening. Like you, you're talking, you've got the solution there in your question. I don't listen. They bloody listen. Simple. All right. I think that's the end of the pod. I haven't got anything more to say, have I? Um, I'm not doing anything else this week. Just chill out, going to watch Tottenham. Um, the Champions League. Um, I ain't got much to say about Man City. But yeah, that's it. All right, I think that's the end of the pod. Right, cheers for uh, for listening. Um, yeah, share, subscribe, like, all that stuff. Um, save my comedy clips. I need to put more of them on YouTube. They're all on Instagram at the moment, and on my Facebook page. But share them. Just share them if you like them. Like them and share them. Uh, don't be ashamed to like like my jokes. All right. I'm so fussed about the podcast. I like talking to the group that I have here. But um, but my comedy, yeah, share that about. All right? Share it about. Let people have a look. Like, he's bloody funny, this Dan Griffiths. Ever bloody look. Ever butchers. Ever gander. Never laugh. That's what you need to do. All right, that's the end of the pod. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm clearly tired. My tooth hurts and I'm, I'm out of here. All right, bye.